Welcome to Community Pulse from Environmental Design Group, highlighting the transformations happening in our communities and celebrating the leaders making them happen. Tammy Naguki, her EDG co-host and their special guest, reveal insights that are driving our communities forward, right now on Community Pulse. Welcome everyone to EDG Community Pulse Podcast. This is our first go at a podcast and you're listening to the third episode. My name is Tammy Naguki. I'm with Environmental Design Group and I'm joined by uh, Frank Bronzo, also with Environmental Design Group, and Mayor Don Walters from City of Cuyahoga Falls. Welcome everybody. Uh, First, I want to introduce Don. Uh, Mayor Walters is a lifelong resident of Cuyahoga Falls. Through his work as the city's mayor and former council representative, he has worked tirelessly in developing innovative ideas that benefit residents while advancing the city in a progressive direction. Mayor Walters is a member of the Gorge Dam Stakeholder Committee, the Cuyahoga Falls Chamber of Commerce, Cuyahoga Falls Rotary Club, the Heroin and Opioid Action Plan Committee, Summit County Wireless 911 Planning Committee, Akron Metropolitan Area Transportation Policy Board, the Board of Directors for the Ohio Municipal Electric Association, Community Improvement Corporation President, Cuyahoga Falls Partnership for Parks Board, Ohio Mayor's Association, the Mayor's Association of Portage, Stark, and Summit Counties, Ohio Municipal League, Summit County Safety Council, and the Summit Akron Solid Waste Authority. And from 2002 to 2013, Mayor Walters served on the Cuyahoga Falls City Council Ward 6, serving as president and chair of various committees. Mayor Walters and his wife, Stephanie, are also proud parents and grandparents. Welcome, Mayor Walters. Thank you very much. Mayor, welcome. And we're really excited to have you here today. Um, as a, I guess a, my wife is a business owner in Cuyahoga Falls. And, and me being just, you know, minutes outside of Cuyahoga Falls at home, we always come downtown. We, we, it's the, I call it the hidden gem of Summit County. I really do. My daughter likes to go there to recreate. Me and my wife like to go for dinner. It's, uh, it's, it's always... Uh, People that work there, live there, are inviting. And, of course, most of my the patrons of my wife's business are from Cuyahoga Falls as well. So we're excited to have you here today, and I really appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule to be with us. Thank you very much, Frank. Um, a little bit about Cuyahoga Falls, briefly myself. Um, I'm a lifetime resident. I have to give away my age, 57 years. So I've been there my whole life, and serving as mayor and city council has been the opportunity of a lifetime. Um, I look at it as a gift, and I want to leave it better than I found it. And in my seven years as mayor, I would say that there's been a lot of great development going on, a lot of great things. Uh, One thing that we do do is we have to always focus on the image of our city. Are you up and coming? Are you stale? Are you regressing? Uh, So really, you're in competition with all the other cities. So we have a whole lot going on. I'll share some of that with you today. But first of all, Cuyahoga Falls, we're not small. We're the 15th largest city in Ohio by population, about 400 full-time employees, and our budget is about $180 million a year. So I'm in charge of all that. We don't have a city manager. We don't have a deputy mayor. It's all me, um, city council, and my wonderful staff. So some of the things that we offer in Cuyahoga Falls, I need to brag a little bit. (laughs) Of course. But we have 25 neighborhood parks within our city, Most everything is walkable, a lot of amenities at those parks, wading pools, tons of playground equipment, tennis courts. We have our own senior center, an award-winning golf course, miniature golf, skate park, 
refrigerated ice rink, which is open right now. We have a $30 million fitness center, outdoor water park. We also, within our city, have the Summit Metro Parks, the National Park, Blossom Music Center. Again, I could go on and on. So a lot of people in rural America have to drive kind of far to get to do something. In our city, it's right, really right in your backyard. So we're very blessed. A couple other items is we are a very safe city, very low crime rate. Violent crime is almost non-existent. Uh, Lowest utility rates in probably northern Ohio. The biggest driver of that is we own our own electric system. So we own the poles, the wires, the transformers, the substations, or even in a co-op with the generation. So we keep our our rates extremely low. There's no profit. There's no shareholders. There's no CEO. And I serve on the board for that as well. Very blessed with our low utility rates. Um, The Cuyahoga River, one of our biggest amenities that runs right through our middle of our town, is extremely clean. It's been 51 years since the last river fire in the flats. And now that's offered all kinds of recreation. We have inner tubing kayaking. We have a kayak event every spring in the Class 5 Rapids behind the Sheraton. And they come from all over the United States to run that very treacherous part of the river. So tons of amenities. Sounds like you've got everything. What are we missing? <laughs> yeah, like I like I said, said earlier, I mean, it is truly a hidden gem in Summit County. And I, I learned that moving from the East Coast 26 years ago and, and basically relocating to the Cuyahoga Falls area. My wife from the area for, since she's been young. So oh, uh, the really, natural resources are beautiful, too. Absolutely. And what a beautiful place to be. Yeah, yeah we're very blessed. All right, Mayor. Let's let's dig in a little bit. Um, I know that you've uh, you've got several programs um, that you're working on in your community, and you've implemented in the city of Cuyahoga Falls. It's quite impressive. Um, can you talk about uh, maybe one or two of those that are important to you and how they became what they are today? Well, I'll cover how we resurrected our downtown. But before I do that, there's a couple projects that I'm really really proud of that have had a huge impact. Um, the first one being we've seen the opiate epidemic in really every community all over Ohio, all over the United States. When I became mayor, I realized that there was not a lot to educate the younger people. So the D.A.R.E. program was no longer in the schools. There was not a lot of education. And I thought, how can we not educate these young people? So I started my own program, and it's called Not Me, I'm Drug Free. And it was geared towards the fifth graders. That's their last year in elementary school. They're sponges, they're receptive. And that's when you can really get their attention. So what this program is, it's a lot of education, a little bit of fear, but also incentives. So we've all heard of the prom promise where you'll sign a pledge not to drink and drive prom night. This is based on that. However, they take a pledge and these fifth graders sign the back of a card and they pledge to be drug free for life. Now, in return, they get a lot of education on what happens if they don't. But also on this card, there's incentives from a lot of merchants in town. So you might get a small ice cream cone, a small pizza as you go around town and present this card because you took the pledge. Now, it's not a handout. It means that this is important to us, that you have given your word that you're going to be drug-free. We're rewarding you for that. Yeah, as they're carrying that card, it's a bit of a reminder too, right? It is. It's a great positive influence. As you know, we train puppies 
with positive rewards, this is the same thing. So children are a lot like uh, training an animal, although they're a lot smarter, a lot brighter. Same concept. So positive influence really has an impact on that. So we're in our sixth year of that. We have hit every fifth grader every year, even in the private schools in Cauga Falls, have invited us in, and it's taught by the police chief. We have people from the ADM board, and every year we capture that young audience and try and get them to take the pledge. I think it's been very successful. How do you measure that success? What what is the return on investment? What are you seeing numbers-wise? Well, it's hard. We look at the age groups as they get older, um, and it is afflicting a lot of younger and younger people. However, I will say that the problem will slowly get better. Now, it's very complicated how people fell into that trap, and it's complicated how they get out. The education is universal, um, but helping those people and educating the young ones so they'll never turn to that life, we know that we've got them safe. Um, Two more programs that we were the first in Summit County. Number one, I wanted to be the first to have Narcan in every police cruiser. So initially the police said, not our job. EMS will be here in a minute or so. That's what they do. I said, you know what? That minute is life or death. So finally we trained every officer, Narcan in every cruiser, and we've saved 20 to 30 lives by them being there 30 seconds first. And now the police officers that were reluctant, they feel like heroes. Yeah. They gave this person a chance. Right. And those people do recover. Isn't that amazing? So you have to save them and give them a chance. So we do that. The last thing tied to the opiates is we have what's called the quick response team. Um, we were the first in Summit County to have that. Every Tuesday morning, we take a police officer, firefighter, and ADM counselor, and we hit everyone's house that have a known problem, whether they've overdosed, whether it was a referral from the schools, whatever it is, we visit them and we're there to offer hope and help. And we say, come on, let's go get you some help. And they're receptive. They thought that no one cared. They thought there was no way out. And here we are in an unmarked car and we take them to get help. And that's been very successful. That's amazing. Did you learn about that from another community or is that something that you um, brainstormed yourself? Uh, Down in the Cincinnati area, they started it. And they were training cities all over Ohio to model what they have done. So we were the first in Summit County, and a lot of cities do do that now. I like that idea of sharing what you've learned and with other communities that, you know, obviously that's something that can help a lot of communities. So that's, that's really cool. And from the sound of it, it actually sounds like it's boosted morale in, in some of your departments as well in the city. Well, it really has. Um, the police officers now, as they see a family distraught and crying, and there's someone lifeless on the floor, and they bring them back to life. We get them to the hospital, and then we follow up. That's not the end of it. We don't just wait for another 911 call. We visit them continuously. If they're not ready, we're coming back next week. We're going to keep coming back till we can get you some help. That's real commitment. Yeah. You know, Mayor, um, nobody could have predicted what we're going through these days with COVID-19 and the disruption that's happened and and uh, with with the, the residents and businesses and in various communities. So tell us, tell our audiences a little bit about your leadership style during this, uh, this unprecedented event. Well, again, we were never prepared for a pandemic, right? Um, this was kind of thrown upon us and we saw it worsen and it's really not even getting better as we speak. I think there is a light at the end of the tunnel with a vaccine going into 2021. But when this first hit, um, first thing we knew is it's going to be a financial nightmare. 
A lot of people are out of work. They can't pay their utility bills. Maybe they can't feed their children. And there's the financial piece. And then there's also the, the physical medical piece to where our EMS crews are doing runs and they're right in the face of COVID-19. Right. So the PPE was critical. We had constant meetings with Summit County Health Department for guidance, but our safety forces were right on the front lines. And understand, if we get 20 firefighters that come down with COVID and have to quarantine, we're in big, big trouble, or police officers. So we had to find a way for them to f- perform their job safely, as well as all our other employees. In addition, 50,000 residents that I need to keep safe. So as things slowly shut down in Ohio, we the CARES Act money was passed by Congress, and that money funneled down through Summit County to the local municipalities. We also have individual HUD money that we receive each year in the form of block grants. So we had small business grants, we had rent and mortgage help, we had utility help because the people were really hurting, and we're still doing that to this day. Have you found that uh, those CARES dollars have been able to uh, have the impact that you were hoping for, or is there still a greater need? There is a greater need moving forward. They were good to shore up our budget for this year. However, 2021, we're preparing. We're always looking ahead one year, two year, three years. Um, Our budget for 2021 has a lot of big question marks. Mm -hmm. So we plugged in numbers, but we don't know exactly what's going to happen. So we're kind of going day by day. And we hope that we slowly come out of this next year because it's been hard on a lot of people, a lot of businesses, a lot of employees. Do you come come at this with a uh, glass half full or a glass half empty? I'm the eternal optimist. Um, I really am. But I understand the danger here. So I don't just say, you know, it's not real. It's all a farce. It is real. We've seen it. I've seen friends of mine that were 100% healthy and they're still unable to walk up a flight of steps after three months. It's very, very real. So what we do is we encourage people to be very, very safe. Come out of your homes if you have to do carry out. If you're very susceptible, we have helpers that have volunteered to pick up your prescriptions, grocery shop, leave it on your doorstep. We've tried to cover all that to where if someone is stuck in the home, we can still give them proper aid. Yeah, I'm guessing that this... Uh this pandemic has been one of the more challenging things that you've had to deal with in your years um, as mayor of Cuyahoga Falls. Um, We have a lot of listeners that are listening right now that are curious about how it is that you got to where you are in your leadership style and what can our younger listeners gain from your experience and, you know, how do you tackle, how do you begin to tackle problems like this? Well, I think you always have to be prepared for anything that comes. If we had an earthquake today, a tornado, we're prepared. Um, obviously, we have our safety forces, we have our emergency action team, but pandemic's a little bit different. It's kind of a silent thing out there, kind of hidden, not too dissimilar from the opiate epidemic we know is out there. We know people need help. So we've actually been very proactive with this. Um, my fire chief is on the panels with the health department, so we get guidance daily, and we're always talking to them on events that we would normally have in the city. Are we allowed to have a Christmas tree lighting downtown? The answer is no. So we did it virtually. So we're always getting guidance from the health professionals. I don't have an MD after my name, but I know people that do. So I go by the experts on all those aspects, the best way that we can run our city and keep everyone safe. 
So I, I'm hearing what you're saying is you're surrounding yourself with people who can help you make those decisions and, and not trying to do it all by yourself. Sure. Yeah. I think that's what we're learning from a lot of great leaders today. Yeah. Thanks for that. That was good. Yeah, you know, the the uh, the disruption we talked about in COVID-19, uh, we were going through disruptions in our marketplaces prior to COVID hitting, and you and I have had numerous conversations regarding that, whether it be the, the advent and, uh, of the electric vehicle, cheaper batteries for the electric cars, better technology on the LiDAR systems, uh, getting the vehicles on the road, and, and uh, the increased need for high-speed broadband because of data the, the, um, and the internet of things. So, um, Tell our listeners what, what type of steps or what things uh, Cargo Falls is doing uh, to, uh, to basically adapt to these new disruptions and these new, new amenities that may come down the road for businesses and residences. Well, I agree. And, you know, we have talked in the past about the autonomous cars, and I'm really intrigued by that. But we're all going to have to be a smart city. Um, we're all going to have to have the smart traffic lights, the cars that will come to get you instead of Uber with a driver. It'll be Uber, Uber without a driver that somewhere is parked remotely. So now, as we're planning for, let's say, parking lots for retail, we have requirements in our zoning code. Well, that's out the window. In 10, 20 years, you're not going to need a parking lot right next door. That can be utilized for a better purpose. Um, in addition, the safety on the roads. It, I, I'm not going to get too deep into the autonomous cars. However, the biggest limiting factor of those is us accepting it. Mm-hmm. And, and you'll hear everyone say those those driverless cars are going to kill someone. Unfortunately, the answer is yes, they are. But they may kill 30 people a year. We kill 30,000 with us behind the wheel. So it is an emerging technology. We're going with some electric vehicles next year in our budget. We ordered a truck out of Lordstown. Um, we're doing hybrid police cars, actually. And we're going to move forward with that, the charging stations, because it's coming. When you look at the big auto manufacturers that have devoted billions to new division, it is coming. So we need to be ahead of that. We always want to be proactive and not reactive. So I'm intrigued by the smart cities. Yeah. I think that's uh, something we talk a lot about is, you know, what are those innovations that are coming? And no one, of course, has a crystal ball that can see what that's going to be. Um, but I think we learned a great lesson this year in that it could be anything. And, uh, you know, your type of leadership where you're kind of preparing, preparing for all eventualities is, uh, is something that comes with experience. And, you know, like I said, a lot of our listeners are younger and they aspire to be in a position that you're in today. So what are some of those things that inspire you to be a great leader? It's really one word, passion. My, my father taught me that have a passion in every single thing that you do. An example is if you wash your car, When you're done, take a few steps back and look at it and know that you did a good job. Uh, You mow your lawn. When you're done, step back and take a look. Have a passion for everything that you do. So as mayor, I look at this as a gift I've been given. I'm absolutely honored to be mayor. This was never my goal in life. I wasn't well-connected politically or, or political science degree, none of that. But this is where I ended up, and there's a reason for that. And I have a passion every day when I wake up, and I'm just blessed that we can make the city better than than I found it. So it's really an amazing journey, but it all comes down to one word, have a passion in everything that you do. So, Mayor, you as we sit here today and we talk about things that have, have happened in this city, uh, can you tell our audience what maybe we might expect for at the city of Cuyahoga Falls in the future? 
Well, we're going to continue, and this is going to sound old-fashioned. I'm, I'm 57. I'm not too old, but I do remember growing up there. And I do remember that things were a little bit different. <laughs> so what it was back then is your next-door neighbor would probably live there 30 years. You became best friends. You went on vacation together. And society has changed. Not really for the worse, but it's changed. So your next-door neighbor you may not really know because you figure they're going to be there a year and then they're gone. I've started a program, and I call FYI, it's Front Yard Information Meetings. I show up in someone's front yard, and we've already pre-invited the whole neighborhood. I show up about 6.30 to 8 in the summer, and we sit around, drink iced tea, or they can have a beverage of their choice, and we talk about issues in that neighborhood. It's as grassroots as you can get. I've been doing this three years, so I'll be going into my fourth year. And you have to connect with the people. So in those front yard meetings, here's what I do. I make sure that there's a welcoming committee. So when someone moves in down the street, you flood their house, you take them a plate of brownies. It sounds silly, but it matters. And keep an eye out on the seniors. Get to know people in your neighborhood because we've gotten away from that. I'm going to get back to that. And I'm doing it one neighborhood at a time, at a time and I'm going to continue. So that's one of the things we're going to keep pushing forward is take this big city and make it smaller again. So we're going to have that, the technology. The development has not slowed with the COVID one bit. So there's still tons of development and interest going on in the downtown. The housing market is booming. We're still building almost every available land. We're building townhomes, which are in high demand. The higher end maintenance-free living is in very high demand. That's still being built, never slowed down. Um, So we're still a city on the move even though it's different now. I really love the Front Yard Initiative. I, What are some of the things that you're, I'm just curious, what What are you learning when you do that? Has anything surprised you? Well, no, because I was on city council for 12 years, and you hear about every barking dog, sure. you hear about <laughs> someone who grass is too tall, maybe a vacant home, a kid that speeds up and down the street. So I've already done that for a lot of years. I love it. But as mayor, I can't live my whole life in City Hall. I need to get out into the neighborhoods and hear what's going on, and let everyone know that I'm accessible. Yeah. So, to me, it's just been a godsend. I love that. That's great. Quite honestly, that has to take some a good part of your time out of your your day because 50,000 residents, right? 50, the population of 50, just think about that for a second. So, uh, you've got a lot of energy. You you sure you're 57? I don't think you're 57. It's absolutely time well spent. So, it takes some evenings out of my week in the summer, it's time well spent. Mayor, how can people uh, learn more about the city of Cuyahoga Falls and your initiatives? Well, we have a wonderful website. Pretty much everything is listed on there. If you're on Facebook, we have a real good page, Cuyahoga Falls City Hall Facebook page. I have a mayor's page, so you can look on social media. The website is pretty all-inclusive. It'll have all the programs that we have. And there's, there's just a ton more that we've started that cost a little or nothing. We have a senior watch to wear. If there's someone that lives alone, they're elderly, and maybe their family is not nearby to check on them, we'll set up a custom program with our police department to either stop by every Wednesday, give them a phone call every Tuesday and Friday, whatever it takes to make sure that they're safe. Maybe they're taking their meds or there's not a scam and they're not going and empty their bank account because someone told them to. So we have all these custom programs that we've done for no cost, but they didn't exist, and it's all about quality of life. You know, and, and um, 
one last thing before we, we end here, and it's uh, really a position of leadership t- sometimes could be um, a lonely position and, and uh, you're not being able to get to know other people as well. So we give you an opportunity here to tell us, you know, what you do to recreate and unwind after a long day at City Hall or a long week or a long weekend at City Hall for that matter. Well, believe it or not, I have two hobbies or passions, if you will. One, I'm a classic car guy. I still have my very first car when I was 16 years old, totally restored 65 Mustang. Oh, boy. That once in a while, take it to a car show. My very first car is still in my garage. Um, the second thing, my son was born when I was 30 years old, and I realized at the time that I never wanted him to be stronger than me. So I started in the <laughs> weight room at age 30, and I'm 57, and I have never quit in all those years consistently in the weight room. So I'm not a big, huge guy, but I'm pretty strong for my size. So that is my two hobbies. Did you pass that competitive edge on to your son? Yes. He's stronger than me. (laughs) (laughs) I think I can learn a a thing or two from from the mayor here when it comes to exercise. That's for sure. I know. I picked up a few things as well. I I, Actually, I like when we ask that question as the closing because I'm – you know, been wrapped up in my own life and career and kids, and Gives I me kind, some, of, kind of forgot to have a hobby along the way. <laughs> gives you, know? you some ideas of what you can do as well, right? Yeah, you always need to unwind and relax. Absolutely. Well, well thank, thank you, Mayor. Thank you very much for your time today. It was This was inspirational for me. Uh, again, you and I have spoken many, many times in the past, and I appreciate our friendship and our, and our time together. Always the conversations are great. Yeah, yeah, thank you very much for having me. We really appreciate you being on our show today and being a part of this conversation, so thank you again. <laughs>